When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Hiva, and I'm joined here today by everyone's favorite guest co-host, Stella. Stella, how are you? I am great and very excited to be back. It's been a while. It has been a while. I don't know what episode number you were last on, but, you know, we do have to touch on the fact that it's the 99th episode. Yes, indeed. Very exciting. Oh, and quick plug before I forget. Fuck, I actually really need to email someone back in regards to this. But next week, the day of the 100th episode, there's an event at Showfields. It's from 5 to 7 p.m. Um, I'm sure the link will be in my link tree. So just click on my link, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Um, wait, also, can we just go on like a 45-minute long tangent about this? On TikTok, you can't say link in bio. Hmm. Like, if is you, it like prohibited? No, that's the thing with TikTok. There's a lot of things you can't do, but no one tells you that you can't do that. Oh. But like, if you say link in bio, they won't push your stuff out. Weird. Okay, so what do you say instead? Um. Okay, this is Click what on I the do. The thingy in my profile <laughs> to find out more. <laughs> Um, this is what I do now. I generally don't encounter it because if I like reply to a comment and I'm like, uh, you know, listen to this podcast episode or like check out my ebook or whatever, most people just go to the link in bio and they don't struggle with this concept. But mm-hmm. once in a while, there's someone who's like, how do I find it? And I'm like, all right, bitch. <laughs> I kind of hate that, right? When people comment on a post saying, where can I find this thing when you, I mean, especially when someone has clearly said, find it here. Like, just pay attention, people. Right. Well, Which, in all fairness, I've not said anything at all. Um, I just, like, assume that people will assume to check the link in the bio, you know. Um, but, yeah, so what I do instead is I will, I'll, separated into three separate comments and the first one I'll do capital L dot lowercase l dot nk so it's llnk and it looks like link but it's not actually link but like they might be wise to this that's why I separate Mm. it with dots and then the second one I'll say in and then the third one I do capital b lowercase l capital o again separated by dots and yeah. three separate comments. I hope that that doesn't trigger the thing. 
Um, but yeah, there, there's all these things you can't do on TikTok. Like I don't post clips from the show on TikTok because there's no official rules against like cursing. There's no like official rules around like sex, but in practice there are. Isn't that why people write out sex as S-E-G-G-S? Yes. Yes. Or even like with threes and stuff like that. You can't even write OF like for OnlyFans. Like even that you can't say. Interesting. But like I think they get wise Mm -hmm. to all the different ways that we work around it too. It's just, it's very puritanical on TikTok. It's very hard for me as a person. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not an area where I thrive, where I have to like be this careful, but... Yeah, it is what it is. It pushes you to be creative in ways that you would not have expected. Let's look at it that way. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, so uh, the Showfield event should be in the link in my bio where I can, I can freely say those words now. And yeah, it's a week from now. Check it out. Please come. I'm like literally terrified that no one's going to show up. It's my biggest fear. Oh, no, that's so not going to happen. It's to the point where like I don't... Like, I almost don't want people that I know to come so that, like, I, cause, like, I'm like, well, if no one shows up and no one shows up, then no one knows that no one showed up. <laughs> like, if people I know are there, they're gonna be like, oh my God, how embarrassing for her. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, okay. Anyway, please, please, please come. Like, please, like, I will, like, pay you to come. Like, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Come on, come on. I might download dating apps and be like, yeah, you want to go on a date on the 18th (laughs) at 5 p.m. at Showfields? I'll meet you there. Bring your friends. What? (laughs) Bring everyone you've ever met, please. (laughs) (laughs) They show up and are like, what the fuck is this? No, but like, that's not a bad idea. Maybe I'll do it. Like, I'm honestly toying with it. That's where I'm at in life. Okay, um, moving right along. Um, so I want to tell the story about the two times that I accidentally got high. <laughs> and like, this sounds fake, you know? Like, this sounds like something you would tell your mom, you know, to be like, oh, no, mommy didn't mean to get high. It was by accident. But literally, exactly, right? <laughs> two different times. You don't smoke pot, do you? No. Like not at all. Just, you don't well, like I tried it. it a couple of times. Okay, but you don't. I could I just, see you well, I not liking all, like, it. Don't just. I just don't like smoking anything. I think it's disgusting. Mm, okay. 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 Fair like, enough. Like smoke in my lungs. Ugh, no. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I love the physical act of smoking. I just yeah. I I stopped smoking pot. Well, I'll get into that. Um, but in in general, you also don't like being high. I assume. Gosh, I'm trying to think. I mean, so I did it a couple of times. I didn't really feel anything the first time, so I probably right. didn't do it right. No, that's um, normal. And I did I did feel something the second time, and it felt, I mean, it felt kind of relaxing, peaceful. Like, I liked the feeling, mm-hmm. but I just don't like weird stuff in my lungs. So, oh, yeah. okay. So that's, uh, and how old were you when you smoked? Young? Yeah. Okay. Because I, like, I didn't smoke, like, I started kind of late. Like, it was the end of my freshman year or like before sophomore year of 
college. Oh, that's young for me. Like that's what I meant is young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that okay. is young, but I mean like it's late relative to oh. like a lot of people started smoking, like smoked for the first time when like they were in 13. High yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no. Or, uh, or, or even middle school. Yeah. yeah. Or like even beginning of college, but like my entire first year of college, I didn't smoke pot. So like in terms of that, it's late, but in general, it is still young. Um, and I loved it, but and then like, and I really, really loved it. And as time went on, I loved it more and more. And like, by the time I was out of college, I was like pretty much smoking daily. Um, and then like, it got to a point where I was smoking like constantly for a hot second, not that long. Um, like I wasn't like a full pothead for that long in my life, maybe like a couple of years. Um, and then like, I would still just like kind of smoke at night and like smoke with people after the bars and things like that, but like rarely went out high because I'd get paranoid. But then as time went on, I would get more and more paranoid specifically. Wait, I'm going to talk about this because, um, I like once in a while I meet someone who can relate to this and it's like the craziest fucking thing in the world. But when I meet someone who can relate to this, it's like, oh my God, we have to talk about it for like four hours because the trauma. So like the, like when I like smoked in college and stuff, I would never have this, but then the older I would get, the more intense it would get. And it's a big part of why I stopped smoking pot like last year. When I get high, if I'm with other people, I start to get paranoid that I've peed myself. Oh no, that's <laughs> awful. God, what a scary thing to <laughs> contemplate. <laughs> and also like in that, like if I just like in that setting would have been like, guys, I'm paranoid that I've peed myself and people would be like, okay, well you haven't peed yourself. So like, let's move on. It would have probably been reassuring, but I just sit there and I silently suffer and I don't talk about it with people. And I'm like constantly checking myself, like checking between my legs. I'm like, wait, did I pee myself? Oh no. I mean, they do make that underwear now that's like, thanks, but for like incontinence stuff yes (laughs) (laughs) just saying not that you need to go back to it but okay Stella there was a point where it got so bad that I and like smoking pot was such a big part of my identity at that point like I was such a pick me girl I was so like oh my god I'm like such like a cool girl and like to smoke pot with the boys and like whatever mm-hmm. and you know it, it like it is it you do get very introspective and it does have benefit like there are a lot of benefits to cannabis that I will not discount nevertheless it was such a big part of my identity and the like paranoid about peeing myself thing was getting like the more it would happen the more like if I even if I did get high and I didn't have it I then would remember and then it would come into my head you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um anyway so it got so bad this is so embarrassing that like I just would wear panty liners all the time and be like well I'm wearing like and I try to like call myself and be like okay like but you're wearing a panty liner so like it's fine even if you like I I never peed myself that's the craziest part of this whole thing also I don't even have like childhood trauma around peeing myself like I've talked about it with my mom extensively and she's like I don't remember you wetting the bed once wow. as a child. Like wow. you are, you've always been just, be- and I'm like psychotic about actually peeing. Like yeah, I have a hard time the, peeing the, where was on the a pee toilet. Anxiety? I guess, I guess the pot totally canceled out the pee anxiety. <laughs> yeah, but like it wouldn't. Like or it, it might, gave you a different kind of pee anxiety. Right. More like. 
Right. Like ultimately I have some kind, and I've done so much research into like why this happens. I've been down Reddit threats. Like I, like my, I have this hypothesis that the part of our brain that lights up when we're high is close in geographic location to the part of our brain that controls urine stuff. Mm. And so I, cause again, I'm not the only person that I know that this happens to. And by the way, if you're listening and you've ever experienced this, please, for the love of God, DM me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I stopped smoking pot and then I, as everyone who's been listening for a minute knows, I was vaping nicotine for a long time and I quit vaping nicotine And then I got like these CBD cartridges just to vape because unlike you, I'm obsessed with smoking. (laughs) Like the physical act of smoking, there's nothing like it. And so I was like, okay, like CBD is like relatively harmless. Like I don't, I don't know that I think it really does anything for my mental state if I'm being completely honest, but it's just a way that I can smoke something with like little harm. And so Last week, I had a fuck ton of work to do. And when I have a ton of just like computer serious work to do, it's when I kind of crave smoking something because that's when I'd be puffing the most nicotine, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I go to all these different places. Like I first go to this like CBD shop and they're like, oh, no, sorry. The only vapes that we have have Delta 8. And then Delta 8 is another cannabinoid that actually does kind of get you high. And so I end up at just this like corner store right by me. And um, I was like, do you have any CBD only vapes? And he's like, yes, 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 totally. And so I buy something. I come home. I'm in the middle of sending a voice memo to a friend and like I hit it. And I as I'm exhaling and talking, I was like, fuck, I'm getting high. <laughs> oh, and I was it was one hit. I was so high and I had so much to do and I was just like sitting on the couch like with my computer open like trying to do it but I'm like 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 silly little kid high and I like have my phone out and I keep like I was like six times 25 and I like got an answer and I'm like let me do it one more time I did it like six times in a row like I'm like maybe the answer will be different this time It was so bad. And finally, it's like, this is like, this is pointless. So I took out this sketch pad that I have and I just started like, I was like, I'm just not even going to think and just like freestyle, like whatever will get this out of my system. So I'm just like drawing lines everywhere all over the sketch pad. I mean, it was an absolute shit Ooh, show. Did you draw like anything? I'll or, show or it to you. just a bunch of lines. Ooh, let's. I mean, it's no, it's drawing. it's really just a bunch oh, of okay. lines. Okay. I'll show it to you though. Maybe um, you know what? I'll post it on the blush Instagram story <laughs> so everyone can experience yes. it. I mean, it was it was literally just lines, um, a little bit of shading, but like really just lines. It was nothing. But yeah, so I was like really scarred by that experience. And then a couple of days ago, I'm like, I'm never making this mistake again. I'm going to go to the proper CBD shop where I know they have CBD only cartridges. I mean, they're full spectrum, but like, it's fine. And so. Wait, isn't full spectrum a good thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Full spectrum means that it has other cannabinoids in it. That's okay. what it means. So it actually does have THC in it, oh, but it's such a amounts. low level. Okay. And the thing with, I've always heard this, like for CBD to work, you need some THC. 
Like oh, it can't wait, like really? so if it has if it's huh. like zero percent THC, it's not gonna work. Like they they're a little like duo. Okay. Um, so like a one percent THC, you're not gonna get high from that. But like one percent and under, you're not gonna get high from that, but it will make the CBD more effective. That's what I've heard. I don't okay. know. I don't give a shit. I'm just trying to puff on something, you know, <laughs> like I'm just trying to puff on something that doesn't have artificial flavors because that shit's really bad for your lungs. And so I buy three CBD cartridges and then I buy two Delta-8 cartridges. Delta-8, again, is another cannabinoid. Um, it's actually a type of... So like what we call THC is Delta-9 THC. Hmm. Okay. Delta-8 is like... It'll get, get you a little high, but not as high as like old school THC. Okay. And so I buy two of those cartridges. I come back, I open it, I put it on my battery, I start hitting it. And all of a sudden I'm like, am I high but like very subtle and so I was like oh fuck Eva like what kind of fucking idiot so I go in the garbage sure enough I'd put the delta 8 cartridge on oops <laughs> uh so I was high again by accident <laughs> <laughs> sure keep telling yourself that <laughs> and honest I think the takeaway from this story is like I'm a lot less intelligent than I <laughs> Or maybe just a little more distracted. <laughs> yeah, like truly, I was on the phone with my brother while all this is happening, so I really was very distracted. But like, mm. fucking like, oh, I had a stupid distracted moment just the other day. Uh -huh. I was pre preheating my oven so that I could bake something, uh, and I had forgotten that my sheet pan was inside the oven, but I needed the uh -huh. sheet pan. Mm -hmm. So while it's preheating, I'm like. Oh, let me take the sheet pan out. I take it out with a mitt, you know. Okay. I put it on top of the 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 range on top of the stove, and then I proceed to like start putting my things on it, and I grab it with my bare hand, and the thing is like scalding hot, and I burn myself. But luckily, it was super minor. I just like stood there for, with my hand under the cold faucet for like fifteen minutes. Right. Yeah. That's that's. But yeah. I was because I was distracted. You know. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast or something. Maybe even blush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. That's that's pretty minor. I I used to store a lot of stuff. Actually, no. I still store a lot of stuff in my oven. So I thought the story was going to take like a way 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 worse. Turn. Oh like, no! I didn't. I didn't like, it, like burn all of my sweaters <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> I do not use my oven for that kind of storage. Yeah, no, I don't use it for like closet storage, but I do use it for kitchen storage. Mm -hmm. Like I have bread in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can toast the bread that way. That's true. But it's like in the a packaging. Whole loaf in the packaging. Mm, nothing like a little bit of plastic. Why bother it's with like butter paper. or margarine? It's practically margarine anyway, right? That stuff was plastic. <laughs> Sam. Sorry if you guys can hear my dog barking. She's really distressed about not being a part of the podcast. Okay. So we want to talk today about like, first off, Stella has news. I do. Um, I'm no longer the blush single correspondent. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, yeah. So I am in a very wonderful, happy relationship. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Yeah. And like specifically, so Stella and I met because we both were doing this manifestation program. It's called To Be Magnetic by Lacey Phillips. It's a little different from like the secret and some other forms of manifestation. She calls it neural manifestation, which like whatever. Um, 
But what she always says is that you don't manifest from your conscious thoughts. So like the kind of traditional new age woo woo manifestation is like, if you think about it, you'll get it. Right. Is that right? like think positive. Yeah. Think positive. Repeat affirmations. Um, vision board vision board visualize like visualizations all of that visualize yourself having it and you'll get it right think like you you already have it and then it will come right 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 which is all the conscious mind exactly yeah and what she says that really does resonate with me as a concept is like no none of that works like it's none of your conscious thoughts. It's all about what's going on in your subconscious. Because if on a subconscious level, you don't actually believe that you're worthy of this thing, then it's not going to come through, which that does make a ton of sense to me. Oh, me too. Totally. Um, so that is how Stella and I met. And one thing I like to think about, though, is like, is manifestation bullshit? Like, or is it like, or because I still, I don't know. I Mm -hmm. honestly don't know. And I mean, both of us like found partners, but like, did we manifest those partners or did we go on enough dates and meet the right person? Mm, Yeah. Or like, was it luck or chance or whatever? Or was it like magic? Yeah, (laughs) and I don't know if we can have a definitive answer to that question. It's kind of a chicken, chicken or the egg thing, right? Right. Um, Yeah, but But it's interesting to think about. yeah, Yeah, there is discussion, and the thing is, okay, if I did manifest Ozzy, then why haven't I been able to manifest other things that I want right now? Well, I mean, Lacey would probably say that you're not expanded enough or... I do you know, think oh, I'm very should expanded. We, should we explain what okay, that means so for Okay, so like listeners? Lacey's yeah. um, f- manifestation formula is that you have to be unblocked, expanded, taking aligned action. Is there a fourth thing or is it those three? Oh my God, I'm just <laughs> blanking now. I think it's those three. Yeah, I think so. Okay, and so by unblocked, she means that you have to, like, get rid of the trauma that's telling you that you can't have that thing. By expanded, she means that you have to see other people who have that thing so that your subconscious mind knows that it's possible. And so she'll call, like, those people expanders. And then aligned action, she means you have to quote unquote pass tests. Mm, So you have to say no to the things that aren't aligned with the thing that you want. And she says that's her manifestation formula. But like there are like things that I feel like I've done all of the reprogramming around and I'm super expanded, but I still don't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's the the tricky or one of the tricky things about this sort of program or you know whatever you want to call it that even if somebody does all the right things you Mm -hmm. know follows every step in the process works through all of their unresolved stuff you know through the through these meditations through therapy also like you can do all of that and still things aren't if things aren't showing up like there tends to be um, you know, you could, you could think that it's, it's your, it's your fault. Like something is wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like, I start to have a real problem with this sort of thing Mm -hmm. that like it, like we shouldn't be blaming people 
who who are not seeing the results they want to see who are doing quote unquote all the right things Mm -hmm. so I think that there is a certain degree of like chance that's involved obviously Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um a question of timing you know we could get into that also and then but but timing of course is also this very nebulous thing like who's timing (laughs) you know because you may be ready for something but then you know, depending on what it is, like if it's a partner, maybe, and I don't necessarily believe at all that there's only one person for each mm-hmm. of us, but if, you know, the person that you're quote unquote meant to be with is not yet ready for you, then like there is a question of timing there. Of course, there's other options too, but yeah, yeah, that's a huge thing. Like, okay, let's say for a second, and I don't think either of us believe this, but let's say for a second that you believe that there is like one person for you on this planet, one soulmate that you're supposed to align with, then we're not just talking about yourself. Then there's a whole separate issue of like what's going on in that person's life. And there's no amount of you like reprogramming your limiting beliefs and like finding expanders, et cetera, that is going to make that person come into your life faster because they have their own separate timeline that has to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Now I don't, again, I don't, believe in the one so like that is I don't but like the whole conversation about the one and like is there is there the one but also like even if you don't believe in the one it's like okay but are there maybe like specific people that are meant to be in your life you know whether it's Hmm. romantic or Mm -hmm. otherwise that's a whole separate topic that I don't think we can even dive into (laughs) today but yeah there there's a whole issue of timing that's massive there's I don't know. There's so much to it, but like, I guess, okay, like just point blank, going with your gut. Do you think you manifested Superman? We're going to call Stella's boyfriend Superman. Perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or do you think you just met and started dating? Let's put it this way. I think that the tools that I uh, kind of gained access to or awareness of through this work and other kinds of work that are similar to it, those tools helped me to get to the place where I was ready for this kind of relationship Mm -hmm. and uh, helped me along the way because like it was a long process. It was a good couple of years, more than a couple of years Mm -hmm. even of online dating during a global pandemic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it took me a long while to get there. And I had a lot of quote unquote tests along the way, you know, mm-hmm. we want to think of them in that kind of terminology. And the whole process, like I, I was learning about myself more through it, what I really wanted, what I really prioritized, what I really was looking for and needing in a partner and mm-hmm. what were some things that maybe uh, I thought I wanted at the, out of, right at the beginning of this whole process, but then realized that they just weren't as essential to me. And so mm-hmm. I think that having these tools at my disposal really helped me along the process, uh, uh, like during the process along the way. But would I say that I manifested him? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I would have a similar answer, like specifically for me, I still can't say for me without thinking of the corn song. Have you heard it yet? Yes, it is so cute. <laughs> so cute. And actually, I had seen the video before someone made it into a song. Mm, just the little the interview. interview. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and thought it was ador- adorable, like He's absolutely so adorable. Yeah. I showed it to Superman too. He thought it was cute. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to meet him. I know. I can't believe you guys haven't met yet. But I know. you were traveling and then uh, he was traveling and then I was traveling. And like, so yeah, we haven't all been in the same place at the same time, but it will be happening soon. Folks. Yeah. Plus like Ozzy is just like, <laughs> like barely on this planet at this point. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, So I would say, like, I, like, Ozzy and my relationship came together when I really kind of, like, moved towards secure attachment. Mm, Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's a huge one for me, too. Yeah. So, like, and there's a really good... comparison of this although I had done so much work on myself by the time him and I even went out in the first place but I still was pretty deep in anxious patterning and so like if if you don't know kind of the story of Ozzy and me because I don't know how much I have talked about it a bit I think on the podcast but we matched on Bumble I nearly said TikTok (laughs) 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 we matched on bumble like in in 2019 like june of 2019 or something Mm -hmm. and we never met up until thanksgiving of 2020 and right when we met up i was like super super into him but i was like definitely playing so many games like that was the big thing for me it wasn't like that i was acting too like needy and stuff because that really wasn't it at all Um, In fact, like I would make so many jokes, especially the podcast existed at the time and the podcast really was premised on like, I'm crazy in dating and I want to be less crazy. And it's like funny how it's evolved now Mm because I really like it was it was it it wasn't even intentional. At some point I was like, I'm never talking about my relationship because I never like rarely act crazy in it. So like and then I was like, holy shit, it's because I'm like, I really moved towards secure attachment. But anyway, um, I, like it wasn't like I was acting like super needy or clingy or all those things. It was like I was just playing so many games, right? Because like I didn't even want to show how internally needy and clingy I was, <laughs> and so I was overcompensating by like I like I'd like not respond to him for like two days, you know, or whatever. All these crazy, crazy things. But yeah, like that. And then he went back to Australia and then I dated Van Guy. And then really during that time, it was like right when he left for Australia is when I really, I think, started. I took a class on attachment styles. Oh, right. Yeah. I took a class. I did like a like a group program and I did one-on-one coaching all on attachment styles. And then that really didn't make it click either because that was all very like conscious level stuff. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, Hmm, hold on. Like I now know so much, like I've read books, I've done courses, et cetera, on attachment styles. And I like the one thing that has helped me heal from other childhood stuff has really been Lacey's work that has like really gone into the subconscious. So I kind of just combined yeah, the that's tools. really smart. And then in the process, I'd done EMDR and I'd done um, NLP. Oh, right. And so, like, I took, like, elements from all those things that worked for me and I, like, combined them into the, my own thing. And, like, that's kind of how I moved towards secure attachment. So then 
when Ozzy and I started hanging out again, when Van Guy and I broke up, I like showed up so differently. Like not like because anything fundamental about me had changed. Like it was, I was still the same person. I just wasn't playing games. Like I was very like direct. I was very open. I was very honest. And I was very like fearless because I didn't care if I pushed him away. Hmm. If anything, you were more yourself. Yes. Because that whole layer of fear that the games really are all about, you'd strip that away. Yeah. And I remember the first time we hung out and it was like pretty platonic. He was like, hey, I'm sorry. Like when I went to Australia, like I wasn't as communicative, like blah, blah. You know, I know it's a cop out and I don't want to use it as an excuse, but I really was going through a lot, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, when we were seeing each other before, I was so into you and I was playing so many fucking games with you. So like, I don't even think you have anything to apologize for. Like, I think like I created the situation where you never really knew what was going on because like I was playing so many games and he's like, honestly, there were a few times where I wondered if you were playing games, but I never knew how you felt about me. Like I was so unsure always about what was going on, blah, blah. And like from that moment on, it just like, it came together flawlessly because like I didn't, like I was so secure in myself that I like I didn't really care what happened with him. Like I had no eggs in any basket. And it was like before I used to be like, oh, I'm not going to have all my eggs in this basket. So I'm going to date like 25 guys at the same time so that I'm like distracted and like not giving too much attention to this guy or that guy or whatever. But like I didn't even do any of that stuff. Like I knew I liked him. I knew I didn't want to like spend time with other guys. But like I also didn't have eggs in that basket because like the eggs were in my own basket yes <laughs> the eggs are in your own basket I you like know, for this. a vegan I just spent a lot of time <laughs> talking about eggs <laughs> but yeah so like that is what made our relationship work mm-hmm. ultimately and I can say that with confidence because I have a comparison from before where it was like, like until he left for Australia, we were seeing each other consistently. I mean, I was anxious all the time and like not voicing why I was anxious. And he was like kind of confused the entire time, but he also like kind of would do everything to make me happy. Like I, you know, like he really did like me a lot, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Like, so for me, I can say confidently that like, like, healing my attachment wounds and moving towards secure attachment is what made our relationship work. Mm, Yeah. And as I just said, some of the tools that I used to get there, like it was at least like Lacey's work is the first time I had real exposure to like hypnosis. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, her work is very much, it's not like, like there are other modalities to do that type of work. And it's obviously not specifically geared towards attachment stuff. So I did combine it with other modalities, but yeah, I I still don't. Cause like, I, (laughs) I think like if I straight manifested him, by the way, do I say manifest, right? Yes. Yes, you do. It is not manifest. Okay, so something about (laughs) Stella is that she's um, very particular. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. I like that. About people 
saying things right. Yes. I mean, not an outrageous thing to be particular about. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit of a language snob. And so, yeah, when people mispronounce things or make up words, it annoys me. <laughs> and like, I'm amazed that we're friends, though, because I do do all of those things well, I think but again as you keep saying and and should be you know proud of English is your third language it is my third like, and it's amazing if you tell me I then will stop doing it mm-hmm. yeah versus yeah, yeah. other people we know who continue to do it oh well I think I've talked about this on the podcast before how there's someone I'm not going to give any details who hosts a podcast and instead of summarize she says surmise all the time oh man all the time it's not a word it's so we did contemplate turning it into a drinking game how many times uh, she said surmise in a single episode but you can't well i'll give her credit she hasn't been saying it as much lately oh i wonder if she went in and read the comments and now she stopped doing it maybe and if she did power to her yeah yeah it's i mean listen again i i make mistakes all the time. Um, the pronunciation especially is a hard thing for me. You know what conversation we were having recently um, in Arkansas? Also, you could do a drinking game of me saying um. Um? I say um yes. a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I Sometimes when I listen to the podcast, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Just don't say anything. Just pause, you know? You don't have to fill every bit of silence with your own voice. <laughs> I do feel like I say it a lot, though. Yeah, I hate okay. it. I, I I like to say it less. And then I say like a lot, but I'm trying to reframe that. So that book we were just talking about, Word Slut, mm, mm-hmm. by what's her name? Amanda? Amanda Montel. Montel. That's an example. I wouldn't know how to pronounce her last name. Mm, I only know it because I've been listening to her podcast and right, she says right, it. Right, right, right. Um, and I love it. I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, Amanda, we want to be friends. <laughs> with you. I love how you think Amanda's and, listening. And your, and your co-host. <laughs> yes. Amanda, I know that you're listening to Lush. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, who knows? Where does she live? In LA, I think. Okay, not New York. Damn it. Because if she were in New York, you know. (laughs) Then we would know each other. Stopping us from being friends. We would know each other then because everybody in the same city knows each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also, because that guy leaves the house so often. Um, But yeah, she wrote this book, Word Slut, and a lot of it actually does dive into how people saying like really isn't that big of a deal. And the fact that we harp on it so much as a society is because we're, we all have internalized misogyny. I I've read like two pages of the book. They were fantastic. And then I had to stop to read some other more pressing work related books. I will return to it though. I'm looking forward to reading it too. So yeah. 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 We should really remember how we toyed with doing a book club. Yes, we should do that. Blush book club. I just want it to be in person is my oh, only thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, everybody come to the event. <laughs> and then we'll start a book club. Exactly. But you know what else I was thinking? Instead of a book club, what if it's like a monthly meeting of women? <laughs> That's right. I'm saying I thought it through. No, no, no. Of women, like, like maybe some months we'll read a book and discuss, but maybe other months it's just like we dive into a concept. But it's like a like a 
like a entrepreneurship type round table. Oh, I like that. That uh, maybe an entrepreneurship might be the wrong word, but like, so I was thinking, cause I'm reading like a sales book, right. Mm-hmm. Or I'm reading a book on like what makes ideas stick. Um, and the reason I said, or is because I stopped reading my sales book to read the other book, <laughs> but I will return to the sales book. But you know, when then I read like rich dad, poor dad recently, mm-hmm. things like that, the, like just Women in business, however that may look, whether you're an entrepreneur or you want to climb like the corporate ladder or you just want to like make art or like whatever the fuck you want to like be an influencer, whatever it is that you want to do, just like each month there's a different theme, whether it's a book or like a concept that we dive into or whatever. And there's independent work and then we come together and we discuss it. I think that sounds great. Let's do it. Like a kind of like a um, like an accelerator hmm. program or mm-hmm. like a I don't know I don't know I'm not like a think tank or something I don't know, but it, doesn't that sound fun? Yes. And we meet in person and we have a little wine and we have some snacks. I'll make the snacks. So, um, well, for, for everybody who's listening, my goodness, if Hiva makes the snacks, like you will want to come for those alone. <laughs> I'm sure you've all seen her photos already. And I can assure you from personal experience, all of those dishes are as tasty as they look. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Although I will have to give a quick plug to Stella makes this um, rice and orzo salad that I think about every night as I'm following. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. <laughs> I forgot to tell you when we got home that night, um, I just like took the leftovers and I sat in front of the couch and I just ate them out of the leftover container and I finished all the leftovers that night. That was exactly my hope for them, <laughs> that they would be enjoyed in that way. And I loved every second of it. It. And I think with every bite, I was like, I remember when we were at the party, I was like, this is so fucking good. Like people are like trying to talk to me. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm in the middle of something right now. <laughs> I'm having an experience yeah. with my taste buds. It was so good. And then I, when I was coming back from Colorado, I messaged you because I was like literally in the airport being like, I need the rice and orzo <laughs> salad. <laughs> well, I'm honored. Thank you. Well, uh, yeah, you're welcome. And thank you also for the compliments. But yeah, so that's kind of what I'm thinking instead of a book club. Um, If anyone lives in New York and wants to join, let me know. Although I don't know, I haven't been drinking that much wine. Oh, I don't drink like very consistently in general. But lately, the concept of wine bothers me. In Colorado, though, the wedding was at a winery. And before the ceremony, there was an assortment of wines that you could drink. And one of them was a rosé Malbec, a Malbec rosé. Hmm, that sounds good. Yeah. So I'm sure you know about wines. Like it's if it's white or versus red just depends on like what color it is depends on when they take the skins off. Yes. Like it's all made lines. with red grapes, which is shocking information. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. So like white wine is made with red grapes. They just maybe take the skins off. Maybe not all varietals though. Well, maybe like nowadays they make wine with green grapes, but like historically, historically. it was all okay. made with. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Although, do they? Let's just give it a quick Google. Do they make wine out of green grapes? But like historically, it was all. Wine grapes come in two colors, black and green. And by black, we mean red. Red grapes generally make 
red wines, but not always. What? I don't think that's true. <gasps> All right. Well, wine cannot be made day. from unripe green grapes because there's no sugar in them. No, I think some wine is made mm-hmm. from green grapes, but like general, like every winery I've visited, they exclusively use red grapes. Okay, is that what well, they're they called? could be. Yeah. yeah, they could be specialized in those particular yeah. varieties. But generally speaking, the color of the wine comes from how long the skins are on the grapes. Mm-hmm. And so with rosé, it's like somewhere in between. So yeah, it's a Malbec, but a rosé. It was it was very nice. Lovely. But wait, why are you bothered by the idea of wine? Is it wine specifically, or you just don't want to drink as much alcohol these days? Well, I generally don't drink that much yeah. alcohol like as a concept, um, except for when I go to weddings and there's like three nights of drinking related events and then I come home and I'm like, I'm going to die. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, but no, like I, I generally don't like drink very consistently. It's like only if I'm, you know, doing something in particular mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I drink. But no, I don't know. I, uh, it's just the thought of wine makes me queasy. Oh, interesting. It's, sweetness ah yeah because there is a lot of sugar in wine that is yeah and in Colorado specifically I had like a really atrocious time with drinking like my Mm. first night the first drink I had oh my god I'm so sorry if the person who was involved in this is listening (laughs) so sorry but like we show up to this party it's at the bride's parents house absolutely stunning like spectacular views in the mountains and this girl's like I was like, oh, where can I get a drink? And I saw people drinking White Claw. So I was like, whatever, I'll just grab a White Claw. And she was like, oh, I'm making margaritas. Do you want one? And I was like, sure. And so she made me an Aussie margaritas. And I just remember tasting it. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to throw up. Like oh, she no. made it with like margarita mix, which I haven't oh. had since I was like mm. in high school. Because yeah. when I make margaritas, not to brag. <laughs> I juice some fucking limes. Yes, as well you should. Um, and it was just so gross. Like it Ugh. was so gross. Like just so sweet. And then after that, like I had white claws, which was a step up. But also like white claws was just disgusting. Mm. And then the second night we went out to dinner. Oh my god. Okay, it started. Like, and this is my fault. So we went to dinner at a place called the Winery, which was stunning. And, um, you know, for really like having a fuck ton of steak on the menu, they did a stunning vegan meal for me. And they had a lot of advertisement up about their peach martini, which I mean, it's a fucking peach martini. This is on me. It's 100% my own fault. But like they use local peaches in it. So I was like, I should order the local thing. It was the sweetest thing on the face of the planet. It was also very, very strong at the same time. Oh, okay. And so that was just a disgusting start to the evening. And then we went to a bar to watch the footy, which I'm trying to say football more often (laughs) now instead of footy. (laughs) Wait, but is this American football or other football? American football. Okay, got it. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, do you guys have like a White Claw or something? Because I just, I also didn't want just straight vodka. Like I didn't want something that strong, but I also, like I'm just so used to drinking June Shine now and it's like the only thing that settles okay for me. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, we make our own in-house seltzer. You want to try that? And I was like, sure. And it's like orange creamsicle. It's like, 
fucks with an orange creamsicle. It was the grossest thing I've ever put into my mouth ever in my life. And like, I like have blown some really gross guys. So that says a lot. Oh no. (laughs) Like I can still, I threw up the next night just thinking about the orange creamsicle made me throw up. It was so gross. So yeah, it's it, like it's. I'm just fragile when it comes to drinking. Oh. Well, then don't do it or do it less. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And that's the Which thing you I really do don't anyway. Yeah. Drink that consistent. Like when I got back, I was like, oh, thank God. Like it's going to be a few weeks of not drinking. The next time I'm going to drink is probably going to be the 100th episode. Woo! Unless something social pops up in the meantime, but I doubt it. Um, but yeah, I don't know how we got on this insane tangent. Yeah, it's quite a tangent. Where were we? <laughs> Manifesting a partner. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so back to um, back to kind of Lacey's modality. So mm-hmm. like part of it is the aligned action, which is quote unquote passing tests, which in context of trying to manifest a partner would be like you seeing a guy and it like he's not treating or a girl or whatever a person and they're not like it's not the thing that you're looking mm-hmm. for being able to walk away from that yes. Yes. and I remember when I first found Lacey's work I was like wow that is an area that I've always been so bad at and like especially I've been in so many bad relationships and not been able to walk away mm-hmm. but It took a long time for me to put this together. It's not because I'm like, quote unquote, bad at passing tests or anything like that. It's because I had anxious attachment Mm -hmm. or like anxious patterning. I really, I had like fearful avoidance, but like fearful avoidance, like I I had the anxious patterning and that anxious patterning makes it really, really hard to walk away. Even when you know you should walk away, even when like every, like, you know, like it's a shitty relationship, (laughs) you know, you don't even really like this person, but you still like really can't walk away. Yeah. Yeah. I had, and I had some sort of similar experiences. Like I wouldn't say that I was ever in a bad relationship per se, Mm -hmm. but I was in one long-term relationship in particular that just was not the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. And it was the longest relationship I'd ever been in. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't really have anything to compare it to. And it was really only through doing Lacey's work that I came to really understand that part of why I stayed in that relationship for so long was that I was not expanded and that I didn't, you know, I didn't have examples of other relationships mm-hmm. for what it could look like. And I didn't feel like I was worthy of Something a better, better. relationship. Yeah. yeah. And so that's really why I stayed. Like I felt unworthy of that. And like, that was a one of those light bulb moments for me when I realized that and was able to kind of work through that through this work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, it was part of that, the, the journey though. Right. And, and with that, I also had definitely anxious patterning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think that yours probably was never as extreme mm-hmm. as mine was. Like yeah. There- like I was never playing games exactly, yeah. but I was definitely, always in that like early dating stage if there was someone that I was really excited about I was like my stomach was upside down all the time I was Mm -hmm. like when is he gonna text me Mm -hmm. oh my god he hasn't texted me yet and like spiral out like I wasn't playing games but I was definitely like pay attention to me pay attention to me yeah 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 for (laughs) sure and that's very anxious yeah yeah you know what's funny um when I first started doing Lacey's work I was like oh my god like 
the one test I really hope I never have to face is like actually being with someone and then having to break up with them because I just knew that was such like a weak spot for me. And so I would be like real hyper vigilant about ending things with guys before it got into something because mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, no, it's a test. It's a test. It's a test. And I like kept thinking like if I just do that a bunch, then like my person will come through, you know, because I was so like dogmatic with Lacey's work. But when I dated Van Guy, it was like during that relationship where I really was putting together the attachment theory stuff with all like the hypnosis, the subconscious work, even um, like a lot of Lacey's stuff is modeled on, do you know Marissa Pierre? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of like that stuff, like putting it all together along with EMDR and just like working through all the traumatic events that kind of made me have, um, you know, my attachment stuff. And then like really kind of like creating new neural pathways of like a secure upbringing. So that's like really when I moved towards secure attachment. And then I just like ended things with band guy. And I was like, it's funny how my biggest fear was having to face this situation of like actually being Mm -hmm. with someone and having to end it. And then you did it. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I don't know, is it like kind of like woo woo that I did have to face that and I did have to work through that and then like things came together with, or is it, I don't know. Cause like also what like Lisi will say in her program is you attract situations that show you where your wounds are. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But like there actually is a, like, and that sounds a little bit woo woo because she's like, you know, the universe wants you to like align with your most authentic self, yada, yada, which is a little bit like if you don't like believe in God, let's say, or you don't believe in any sort of higher power, that sounds pretty woo woo. But there actually is like a bit of a scientific thing there too. Our brains, and this is just pure neuroscience, our brains seek out what they know, Mm -hmm. even if it feels comfortable and familiar, even even if if what they know is bad, even if it's, yeah, like, it's like that expression, like the devil, you know, versus, um, whatever the devil you don't, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the end of the expression? (laughs) But that's, that's like a truly scientific thing. So like you will actively continue putting yourself in the same type of trauma rather than seeking something else because your brain's like, well, this is what I know. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I don't know. Some of it can be quantified. Um, but the biggest thing I would say, like I remember kind of early on when I was doing Lazy's work and again, like super, like I, if there was a cult, I would have been full on in it. You know, I oh, was like- Oh, same. Oh my God. <laughs> I would have like a leadership position in it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Now I can make my own cult, <laughs> but at the time I really wanted to join hers. Um, but I remember like submitting a question where I was like, listen, like I still haven't manifested my person. I've like done all the unblocking. I'm expanded. I'm passing tests. Like what's going on? And I remember her addressing it and she was like, this type of person is dog paddling too hard. They want it too hard. You have to be in a place of surrender. Mm. And it's like, that that's the hardest thing. Cause it's like, you can't, there's no, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You just have to be there. And that's the other thing. Like if you are very anxiously attached, it's really hard to be in a place of surrender. Cause if you're anxiously attached, you literally, your brain is like, 
I have to have someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I think that is pretty applicable to me as well, the whole dog paddling thing, because I think that, I mean, I don't think that I ever necessarily went into dating, or at least in this recent chapter of my life, with you know, desperation. But that said, I was like, all right, I'm on a mission. Like, I am not getting any younger. I need to find a partner. I want to have a family, you know, this sort of thing. And so I had this feeling of urgency, Mm -hmm. particularly in the first year or so, you know, even beyond that. And, And really, I think part of the timing, why I was ready for the partner that then showed up Uh, was because I had gone through a very intense period just before that of like, I must date as much as humanly Mm -hmm. possible. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like I must keep doing this, must be, and and it definitely had some dog paddling energy. And so finally when that period of, like I think in one month I went on, okay, I I went on 10 dates in one month, which doesn't sound like maybe that much, but out of those, out of those (laughs) 10 dates, eight of them were four per week, two weeks in a row. So that's like, one date the first week, four dates the next week, four dates the next week, and then one date the week after that. And it was just exhausting. Yeah. Um, now, not all of those were first dates. Some of them were second or third or fourth dates. Uh, but basically, at the end of that month, I was so exhausted and spread so thin and realized really that none of those were what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I basically ended all of those connections, mm-hmm. um, whether they were, you know, after one date or more. And then I was like, all right, I need to take a little break. And I took Mm -hmm. a little break. And then the next person that I went on a date with after like releasing all of that kind of dog paddling energy was my now partner. Superman. So it's like (laughs) Superman. So I was like, I kind of had surrendered. I realized in retrospect, I wasn't thinking at the time, like I need to surrender, but I was just like, okay, I need to loosen my grip a little bit. Let's just see what happens. All right. I'm going to go on another date. See if I can be pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I was not like, oh my God, I must cling to this thing now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but like, wow, there could be something here. And then took it from there. But it was a very different energy from what I had had kind of on and off in that whole period mm-hmm. leading up to it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And uh, same, like when Ozzy and I got together was when I was in a place of like, like severe surrender, I would say even because... Like when I did all that stuff and I really like feel like I fully, Sam, stop it. We're in the middle of something. (laughs) So I don't think Joe Rogan has to deal with this. (laughs) So I like really when I really healed those attachment wounds, I was like, I don't care if I'm single until the day I die, which is like intense that's mm-hmm. like a whole nother level but I meant it like down to my bones where I was like I'm good like no matter what happens from here on out I'm good and mm-hmm. then that's when uh, so yeah I mean I really was in a place of surrender again whether that dictated it or not I, I don't know mm-hmm. um, but I do think it affects it because your energy is different yes like maybe not like on a woo-woo like oh now that because like otherwise it's like okay let's say like there's this higher power that's dictating all these things. Why is it making you jump through hoops? Yeah. Why is it making you be in surrender? Like who can you know what I mean? But I think there's a more rational explanation to it. And that's like when you don't have dog paddling, like people, whether they recognize it or not, 
can smell it in authenticity. They mm-hmm. can smell desperation. Like they might not be consciously aware of it, but they can. Yes. Like just energetically, people are turned off by those things. So when you just show up with like zero fucks and not zero fucks in like a too cool for school kind of way, mm-hmm. but zero fucks and like you're so solid in yourself that like nothing that happens with this ex- external person is going to affect you. That's like a really likable energy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I think we've probably all been in that sort of situation where someone else comes up to it, whether it's in a romantic context or otherwise, with a kind of desperate energy, a mm-hmm. kind of like anxious, like, please like me energy. Mm-hmm. And that's just very draining. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. Be, to be on the, the receiving end of that. Uh, and so then if you think about if you're putting forth that sort of energy, again, this is energy in a non-woo-woo sense, right? This is about like the, you know, what what your body language and the way that you relate to people and the way that you talk to them, like mm-hmm. what what kind of effect that just has on whoever you're talking to. Like it either can attract people or repel them. Yeah. Um, or just create a safe space to meet in the middle, which is really what a secure approach is. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what we both were growing towards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening and you're like, ooh, I don't know, just think about times where you've met someone and really liked them. And let's make it non-romantic because I think when it's romantic, there's like a million layers involved. But just think of like when you've met someone and you're like, oh my God, this person's so fucking cool. Like I just want to be around them versus when you've met someone and I'm like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what's going on here? Like, oh, I don't know if I like this person. Like that's just a difference in their energy. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10. I don't know. <laughs> there could be other things, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, on the whole, do I think manifestation rhetoric is more harmful or mm. more helpful? Because hmm. yeah, there are question. elements of it that I think are both harmful and helpful. Like one element that I think is just, that comes from manifestation, but I think is helpful is like people making lists of what they want, Mm -hmm. like being clear of what they want. But then I also think if you're too dogmatic about that list, that's problematic also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then you can lose out on things that could have been great just because you're being too rigid. Right. And and like related to this, with the idea of tests, um, you know, I think that the danger with the idea of tests is that people can take it too far and say, well, this isn't perfect, right? This doesn't mm-hmm. check off every single box. It's not my exact perfect idea of something that maybe is that perfect idea is based on more superficial things based uh, rather than yes. uh, more core needs, you know? Um, and so people might be dismissing either people or opportunities, situations, places that could have been really good for them whether mm-hmm. it's for forever or for the short term, but really dismissing them immediately and saying, no, this isn't it. This is a test because it's not exactly everything that I think that I want. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, so, yeah, I think that's one side of it that potentially can be really detrimental. Yes. And with tests, honestly, like, I, I mean, not tests, sorry, with lists specifically, mm-hmm. I think it's great to make a list. And then I think you need to test out your list mm-hmm. because Okay, the first time I wrote a partner list, or the first several times, like, okay, the very first time I wrote a partner list without even knowing it was, like, when I was, like, 
in law school and the height of my eating disorder and pick me girl. I think I would say like, I want a guy who is into fish, PH fish, the <laughs> yes. band, smokes pot, but also like has his life together, has like a job or like is in school or whatever, has his life together. Like I want mm-hmm. that intersection. That's not even like that's like, I actively don't want a guy who smokes pot. <laughs> I really don't care if he listens to fish or not. The third one, yeah, still stands. But like, you know, that's so basic. Yes. But then the first time I really sat down and wrote a list, if I were to look at that now, that list was like 90% things that I wanted in myself, mm-hmm. but I was too chicken shit to admit that I wanted for yeah. myself. Yeah, that that is huge to realize that. Yeah. Because then you can work on developing, cultivating those things in yourself, in your own life, and you don't need them from a partner. Yeah, exactly. And now like a lot, well, some of those, I mean, there are specific things where I realized kind of within a year, I was like, oh, I don't care if my partner has those things. I want those things for myself. So they dropped off my Mm -hmm. list. But then there were other things. And this is like a huge example for me. Like my biggest thing that I wanted in a partner ultimately was someone that I had like a sense of humor connection with and like could be really like silly with because I was always very silly, but I had to stifle it a lot as a Mm, child mm -hmm. because I was raised like a porcelain doll in like, like a house filled with like crown molding and like stunning, like it like looked like a museum, you know? And I wasn't like socialized enough as a child, which I talk about so much. (laughs) Like I should really stop, but like I wasn't. And like, I didn't have like neighborhood friends and I didn't get to be a kid. And so like a lot, like I remember my mom even saying, she was like, you were very serious as a kid. And I was like, because I didn't know how to be a kid because I wasn't around other kids. I was around you assholes. (laughs) I had to be serious all the time. Like, it's not like I wanted to be serious. And so there were a lot of like, like, I, like, for example, when I was home alone, I'd kind of like make weird noises, but in front of people, I never dared to be that silly. And I remember when I was dating the comedian, there were like times where like my insides would be like, make this joke or like make this sound or do this. Like, but like I wouldn't because like I didn't want to be weird, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like I knew that I wanted someone who could like let me unleash my weird and just like really be myself. And when I first the first time around started dating Ozzy when I was playing a ton of games and stuff. But like, I remember on our first date, like I was just like being unhinged in ways that I hadn't been ever before because like there was just something about him where I could be my full self. Mm -hmm. And that's really what made me like be into him so quickly was because I was, it wasn't like anything he was doing. It was be, well, it was one thing he was doing, which I'll catch to, but like really it was me being able to be my full self. And then he would like to use a douchey comedy term. He would yes. And everything that I said, like, and I just remember I was like, Whoa, this is like the like childhood best friend type of relationship that I've always dreamed of. Oh, but then, I love that. Oh, yeah, no, it's sweet. but then like when he went to Australia, And I started talking to Van Guy. Van Guy was like a more serious guy. And I remember being like, okay, do I necessarily like need that sense of humor connection? Because Van Guy's like 
extremely emotionally available and extremely communicative and like so good at words of affirmation and like so stable and so this and so that and so reliable, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I was like, okay, maybe I don't need that in a partner. Like maybe like this is what I need in a partner and I can get like my sense of humor fixed with someone else. And we dated for a few months and I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. I mean, and you can view that as a different kind of test. It's you testing things out. That's what I'm saying. What works for you. I think you need to test out your list. Yeah. Like write out a list, but then test out every element of your list and be like, wait, do I actually need this? Or do I think I need this? Because like, For example, if I had fallen in love, like tall was always on my list. And I always, always, always was self-aware enough to know that it's because I'm insecure about being short. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to be like the short couple. So I was like, if I date like a tall guy, that was also like, I would date like white guys because I was insecure about being foreign. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, if I date white guys, then we won't be the foreign couple that it'll like give me credibility as like a non-white person, which is really sad and like very heavy, but um, that's neither here nor there. Like test out your list, actually. Like I think the only way you know if it's like truly an authentic need is if you put it into practice. And like with that, I put it into practice and I was like, no, I need, like, I don't, like, I don't want to be called like, my love. I want like, like Ozzy and I have like dumb inside. Like he calls me like slug. Like I'd rather be called slug or like he'll call me nudes or like noodle. Nudes is short for noodle. That's cute. Like little things like that. Like I don't want, and like, I don't, I don't want the lovey dovey. I Mm -hmm. want the jokey. Whereas like it would probably be the opposite for you. Right. Well, it's more like a combination of the two. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, sense of humor and silliness is super important to me too. And uh, Superman (laughs) is very silly and has a great sense of humor, but calls me by like all of the cute little terms of endearment, but often will make up silly ones. Mm -hmm. You know, like he'll call me, you know, honeybee, but then he'll also call me huggy bun. (laughs) 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 Snuggle bug, you know, combine all of these things and just be kind of very silly and playful about it. In fact, that's one of the things that I love most about him and that I think drew me to him, like this sense of play and playfulness Mm -hmm. um but yeah no to to come back to the idea of lists though um I kind of similar to you like the first time I ever wrote a list I didn't realize that I was really writing a list I just was like or I didn't I didn't think about it in these kind of manifestation-y terms yeah I just wrote out a list of like my future partner will be like this and at the time, I mean, I was like 25 at the time, and it was just a total like fantasy list that was all based on like my first love that crashed and burned. <laughs> and yeah. so it was basically like, I want to recreate that person just in a way that doesn't crash and burn. Yeah, and that's you know, a very yeah. real thing too. And I realized I've not gone back to that list in a while now. I did go back to it like when I first started doing Lacey's work mm-hmm. uh, to kind of compare, I think, and I was just like, wow, like so many of these things on here are just like not important to me anymore. Yeah. Um, And so like the process of refining your list, right? Rewriting a list, thinking about, okay, is this thing really that essential or not? And yeah, testing it out. I think it's super important. Um, And to come back to the question of like, did I manifest Superman or not? Like, again, I don't know, but I will say that he's pretty much everything on my list. Plus... Plus, 
things that I didn't even write on the list, but that I deep down really wanted, yeah. but was afraid to put on the list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and same. From, and, and from like more like uh, appearance related things to, uh, to deeper ones, you know, but just to like see how those things show, showed up. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like I didn't even dare put this on the list. And he has that, or he is that. Same. Uh, it was just kind of mind boggling. Same. Okay. I want to end the episode, but let's end it on this because like we've talked a lot about what Lacey calls expanders, right? Mm -hmm. So like you see to believe, like when you see someone else have the thing that you want, then like it helps you believe that you can get it also. And I think that both of us could be good relationship expanders because we're both people who like got it a bit later in life Mm -hmm. and like you know, really had to go through a lot of hurdles to find our people. So maybe do you want to share like one story, a quick one of like a time, something that happened recently, it could be something dumb with Superman where you're like, ooh, like I'm so happy we're together. Oh gosh, I love (laughs) this idea. Okay, let's see. Sorry, I'm like really putting you on the spot. Yeah. Feel free to take time to think. I gotta take a moment. While Stella's thinking, I just want to reemphasize that next week on October 18th, 5 to 7 p.m., there is an event at Showfields. Please, please, please come, please. Yes, join us, everyone. It'll be great. Okay, I thought of something. I mean, there's okay. many things. That's just, yeah. I don't know yeah, which just one to choose. One, yeah. Um, but one one thing, I mean, and this has happened like a, in a couple of different iterations lately, basically, but um, like a few days ago, I woke up early in the morning with this terrible pain in my neck that is something that is recurring for me. Like I have this like neck slash shoulder injury that just, it comes back every now and then. And like the pain can be really bad. And sometimes like in the past, it's taken like a couple months of physical therapy for it to get better. And so when it rears its head, I never quite know like if it's going to be really bad or if it's going to pass pretty quickly. Um, and so I was with Superman, um, and I wake up and basically instantly like burst into tears because of the, this pain is back and I'm really mm-hmm. scared. I'm really scared that like, it's going to take months to go away. And so I'm just like spiraling and terrified and he's just like holding me and kissing me and soothing me and telling me that it's going to be fine. And, you know, we'll find solutions he'll take care of me, you know, just the most soothing, like, I am here for you. I'm not going anywhere. We will figure this out and kind of energy and just his ability to soothe me Mm -hmm. is amazing. Like I feel, I feel so safe with him. I feel so cared for, so loved. And it just, you know, every time that something like that happens where like, I'm afraid of something or spiraling out or whatever and I come to him with it like I, I I share it so that I'm not carrying this burden alone and he just picks up the other half of it and helps me to set it down like mm-hmm. in the most loving and caring way and yeah it's really wonderful mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's just one one example that I could give I love that yeah that's really sweet I'll share something like very different just to like hit (laughs) different sides of a coin. Again, it's like just one thing, but like one. (laughs) So when Ozzy and I were in Arkansas, we went to um, the Crystal Bridges Museum, Mm -hmm. which is, I guess, a well-known museum, art 
gallery by museum. I don't know. Um, really great, stunning, whatever. And then um, we're in the gardens and there was cornhole. And I was like, hey, we should play cornhole. Now, this is honestly, it's not going to translate how funny this was because there's no, unless you were there, you, you, you will never understand how insanely funny this was. But so he throws, so, you know, we get our little bags of sand or whatever the fuck it is, corn, maybe, <laughs> who knows. Um, and so he throws one, it lands. I mean, like you're familiar with cornhole, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like these wooden planks, there's a hole in it. And you throw the little bag. And yeah, you're and to you get intend it in to hole, get right? it in the hole. So it lands on the wooden plank. Then I go to throw one. And it's like, like 15 feet behind the <laughs> cornhole. And it's, I, I like, we just laugh so hard. And it, like, we played like seven rounds of it. So, like, I threw a thing like maybe 55 times. And, like, three of the times did it land on the one thing. Like, most (laughs) of the time it would land. Like, I mean, like, 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 if I had been blindfolded, it, I wouldn't have been any worse than what I was. Like, it was to the point where, like, people in the gardens were, like, ducking when I threw because oh you God. had no idea where it was going to go. It, like, it, like, again, it's, like, not nearly as funny me talking about it as it was, but, like, it was to the point where we were, like, about to pee our pants because <laughs> it was so funny, and I was like, oh. I just love like being able to laugh with like being like so like just so careless and free and just every like little mundane life thing can be so fun with you. Oh, yes. That's beautiful. So, yeah, if you're listening and you're like, I just want to meet my person Stella and I were both there. Oh, yeah. For a long ass time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can do it. You can do it. Yeah. And you know what? I will raise this. If I just have like a glimpse into what my relationship with Ozzy is like now, and I was like, and someone told me you have to wait another 10 years to get this, I'd have been like, cool. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's like biological issues, but just. <laughs> putting that aside for now yeah because like i understand if you're like no i wouldn't have because i really want kids like that's fair and that's that's a whole separate thing Mm -hmm. but i would have been cool like cool so yeah if you're kind of like perpetually single or if you're maybe still on some teensy level grieving someone and you're looking to fill that void or whatever it is you just really want to get your person. I, I trust me. I feel it so deeply and like, you'll get there. Like if we got there, you'll get there. Absolutely. And like, will manifestation help you? I don't know. But what I can say for certain will help you is healing whatever wounds you have whether Mm -hmm. that is attachment wounds or something else like that really will because like a it'll make you obsess over it less b it'll like this is the real thing it'll make you show up so differently yes definitely and and also 
attract to you the kind of people that you really want. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think that's good. Yeah. Let's let's wrap it up right here. Um, love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Share it in your stories. Tag at Blush Pod. Um, you know, if you're someone who's on TikTok, just know from now until the end of time, if I plug something, it's in the link in my bio. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you so much for listening. It like, like the podcast has been growing a lot the past few months and like it's kind of mind-blowing to me so like thank you seriously thank you love you guys um you know the drill rate review subscribe um it's really really helpful to the show it's like if you're getting any sort of value from it please 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 do it i know leaving a review is annoying but it really helps and more than anything else share it because that's what really really helps that's how it's spreading it's word of mouth so yeah thank you love you guys and come to the event. Oh my and, God, and please and, come and to the event. And bring, bring all of your dates. Bring like everyone. <laughs> Just, yeah. Put and your it friends. in your like dating, put it in your put hinge it, profile. Yes. There's an event. And your, and your Lincoln bio. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, okay, bye guys. Bye. <laughs>